Hello, everyone. Welcome to Food Fusion. I'm Charles Matheson, your host for this podcast. And yeah, um, thanks for tuning in. If you did not see my last After Hours cooking show on YouTube, I'm going to go over basically the highlights minus sans the cooking. So I'm going to talk about using hearty vegetables to cook in the wintertime. And I'm going to focus on sauteing. So in my show, I talked about, well, I cooked a chicken chow mein. And chicken chow mein is chicken that is cooked in or boiled in a sauce and you have your vegetables that you cook it in your usually it's hearty vegetables so like celery carrots onions broccoli and you eat it with rice and the sauce is based on like a bouillon or a chicken broth and yeah it's very simple i love chicken chumming it could even just be a vegetable chumming because it's healthy because it's mostly vegetables at least the way that i make it so one of the reasons that hearty vegetables are great in the wintertime is because they last a long time in the fridge. Carrots, celery, potatoes, onions, or dry beans. Like, I get my beans, the dry beans. I get the chickpeas. I get the black-eyed peas. And I soak them, and I make my stews. They last a long time in the fridge. So your vegetables last a long time in the fridge. And your beans, they last like forever, the dry ones. They're filling, especially the potatoes. I can live on potatoes. And if you know me, you know that I love potatoes. I can have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner all day long. They're easy to make. You can saute them like I did the chow mein. You can roast them. That's actually my favorite way to have vegetables is to roast them. Just something about roasting vegetables or roasting anything for that matter brings out the flavor. Just something about roasting just food just brings out a flavor of whatever it is that you're having. They're versatile winter vegetables, so you can roast them, you can steam them, you can stir fry them, you can put them in stews, in stews, and they're good for the diet. So go in your fridge and check and see what crunchy veggies you already have. Most people usually have like some carrots, those old carrots in the bag. You can saute them. You can put them in the air fryer. Those yellow onions, you can put them in the air fryer. Just like I'm telling you, when you just roast vegetables, that's my preferred way actually 
to have my vegetables, and that is to put them in the air fryer. Your potatoes, air fry them for breakfast. Have like potato wedges with some eggs or your preferred protein. Yeah. So, um, other, there's no, um, I just realized that, that, um, other vegetables that some that are my favorite for sauteing include kale. Kale is an amazing leaf. It's just so full of flavor when you know how to cook it. Like one way that I cook it is I get onions and garlic and Thai red chili. And I mix that with my kale. And I'm telling you, it is so great. It reminds me almost of this Jamaican dish called Kalaloo. And it's made with, uh, it's Kalaloo is kind of like, like spinach, but it's a little uh, more bitter. Uh, you have to know how to cook it. It's typically cooked with uh, what we call salt fish in Jamaica. And so kale is just, it's a, such a great leaf to cook with. I absolutely love it. Cannot get enough of it. Like I can, kale and potatoes are like my two favorite foods. Spinach is another great leaf vegetable for sauteing. You can cook that with like salt, pepper, and some lemon juice. Or if you want it creamed, you get some milk. And you wilt that down. Onions are also great for sauteing. You can use it with a sauce that holds like a mandate, like a masala curry or a chow mein sauce. Um, that, like with onions, you really have to have a sauce that can hold its own. That because uh, onions are really strong. You have to know how to prepare them, how to pair them with the other food that you're cooking so it doesn't overpower the recipe. So some some tips for sauteing is to cut the vegetables thinly because when you cut the vegetables thinly, you get more taste and more flavor out of the vegetables. I didn't mention. Right now, my drink is I'm having a Brooklyn Lager. Brooklyn Lager um, is a brewery here in Brooklyn. And it was, at least for me at least, when I came onto like the beer scene in like my 20s, it was the premier beer in Brooklyn with respect to the the microbreweries. So I guess it's still a microbrewery because you can't find it everywhere. Everywhere it's not like a Bud Light or Miller or Coors, but it's definitely much more available than it was when it came out over twenty years ago. So what I like about it is um, just the taste, the bitterness. The more bitter, the better. And it just really has a lot of memories for me. Just like 
can't even talk about how, well, I can. I can't even enumerate how many special times I've had with my my Brooklyn Lager. So whenever I'm doing something special, I have a Brooklyn Lager, or I will have a Brooklyn Lager. So like this podcast is special, so hence I'm having a Brooklyn Lager. My food cycle this work. Oh, no, I was talking about tips for sautéing. So the my last tip for sautéing, then I'll go into other stuff, is to sauté in an oil that's going to bring out most of the flavor of the dish you want. So if you're if you want to bring out, let's say, the Asian flair of the vegetables, you may want to cook it in a, a peanut or a sesame oil. That'll definitely work. Or if you want something more neutral, you can use a vegetable oil. You can also use blended oils like avocado and olive oil blend. That's really like a big thing now, these blends, for like a neutral and seasoned taste. So, my food cycle. So when I say food cycle, I mean the foods I've been eating within the last six weeks to eight months. This week in particular, I had a lot of McDonald's. I'm like, oh, friend. I, like, sometimes just, like, I just don't feel like cooking. And, or just I just don't have time. So I've been having McDonald's sausage biscuit. And their biscuits are really good, actually. The sausage is okay. It's just basically your your run-of-the-mill sausage. Um, I'm sure it's frozen. Uh, however, it hits the spot. It hits the spot with the McDonald's hash brown and then McDonald's coffee. I think McDonald's coffee is absolutely the best coffee out there. For people who are real coffee people, I'm not a real... Well, I am a real coffee person. I love to drink coffee. I will spend good money on coffee. I just, like, there are some people, like, you tell them you drink, like, chock full of nuts or you go to Starbucks. They're like, oh, my goodness, this person is not there drinking the devil's coffee <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't see it that way. For me, if it just tastes good, it tastes good. I guess I haven't really had really amazing coffee. I've had a, well, actually, Blue Mountain Coffee. That's actually the best coffee I've ever had. Blue Mountain Coffee comes from the Blue Mountains of Jamaica. And it was the first coffee I had that I could drink black. It is very, very expensive. My uncle who lives in Jamaica... God bless him. When he comes up to New York, he buys me, he brings me Blue Mountain Coffee. So he is my hookup for Blue Mountain Coffee. Otherwise, the only time I would get it is if I'm in Jamaica. I tried to buy it once here in New York, and it was like like $35 a pound. So that's kind of an extreme luxury for me. Another thing in my food cycle has been rice. Just a lot of rice this week. I made a lot of fried rice. 
I don't know if you have noticed, but here in New York City, like, like Chinese food has become ridiculously expensive. I love Chinese fried rice. I'm not really into the Chinese food per se because I just make it at home, but I really like rice. I like fried rice. And fried rice, the price of fried rice can go. I found it at this wonderful spot in Sunset Park by 36th Street. They charge $4.25 for like a pint. Then yesterday, today is December 7th, I saw one place for a pint. They were charging $7. It's just like Chinese food used to be like cheap. It's not cheap anymore. So I think that's why I've just been making a lot more fried rice because I'm not, I'm not paying $7 for a pint of rice. Like that pint of rice... I can make that for like 50 cents doing it at home. And it tastes even better. So that is my food cycle for the week. Now, let's talk about fun. So if you've been out recently into New York nightlife, I don't know if you have tried to go to like a club, but bottle service going out in New York is ridiculously expensive. I went out with one of my dearest friends last weekend to a, I guess it's more of a club than a bar restaurant. And... We were told that we couldn't get a seat. So we got there. I got there like 8.30. There's no one at the tables. And where they said, oh, all the tables are booked. So we were standing there for like two hours. And then we find out that if you want to get a table, you had to order at least two bottles. And the bottles started at $180. (laughs) Okay? $180. So it was my friend's birthday. So she... Got the two bottles, and she had a wonderful time. But I was just struck at just, like, the prices. Like, we had a whiskey. Uh, I believe it was um, a Jameson, um, I think. And we paid $180 for it. Like, you could get a bottle of Jameson for $40. So, just... I mean, I get they have to make money, but I mean, just like, it was just really, just, I mean, I could say one, okay? And I could see, I can justify $125, but $180 and then two bottles at that, at that, I mean, just come on. So just, just like, there has just been inflation in the bars. I don't know where it's coming from, but there's just, inflation in the bars is just totally nuts so if you listen to me bar owners just like like i would get a bottle like i have gotten a bottle before i think i paid maybe like a hundred dollars for it and this was maybe like this was definitely more than 15 years ago um just like i can do that but just when i know just like 
what the price of an actual bottle is. I don't know. Just my my cheapskate brain, mammalian cheapskate brain just kicks in. Okay. So, era drinks. I Like, every era has a drink. The... 90s were the Cosmopolitan. The Zeros were the Sour Apple Martini, at least in the circles that I was in. The 10s were the Vodka Tonic. I mean, actually, like, I remember ordering Vodka Tonics. And, like, Gin and Tonic was not even, like, a thing. But then towards the end of the 10s, just... Gin and tonic was like the drink, and now it continues to be my drink, the gin and tonic. So one thing about era drinks is that it brings up a lot of emotion for me, a lot of sentimentality, if that's a word. But in the end, it's all good thoughts, good memories, and that's what food is supposed to do. Food and drink brings you to places that were special and nostalgic for you. So that is it for this podcast today for Food Fusion. Please check out my YouTube channel and check me out on After Hours, my live cooking show on Fridays on YouTube. And thank you for listening. Tell all your friends. Thank you for supporting. And until next time, cheers.